Father, we worship you. We glorify your holy name this evening. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Come and have your way in our midst this evening. Come and glorify yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 51 verse 17. The Bible says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Some translations will say, these you will not overlook. You will not turn your face away from. Says the sacrifices of God. When I look at the word sacrifices, it connotes that you offered an offering. And what, what it likens it to me is like, um, in the villages then, you will remember, Ebatulaja, whether it is yam mixed with oil, nobody touches it. I guess no, whatever God can offer earlier to. Praise the Lord. So, that offering belongs to no other person but to whatever God it's offered to. So when you hear sacrifices here, and the Bible is saying the type he wants, it's all talking about offering ourselves unto God. Praise the Lord. It's like Praise the Lord. An offering to God. And he is saying the, li- the type he likes is that of a broken, in other words, obi and a contrite word, heart. Contrite here talks about being remorseful, being repentant. Praise the Lord. If we go a little bit further for us to really understand, because I'll ask myself, is this only talking about sin? Not only talking about sin. If you go up to verse 15, it says, Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Now it says, for... Meaning that there's a link between them. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I will give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. Praise the Lord. You do not delight in burnt offering. Yeah, you can offer it because they offered it then. But that is not the delight of God really. That what pleases you is I've offered myself to you. I'm broken and me sincerely in spirit and what? In truth. I'm yours, Lord. Praise the Lord. So even when I say now, I'll beat up my body. I will go without food. I will carry whatever. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good and fine. But what God desires is who? You. Praise the Lord. What God desires is who? You. It's not that thing you give. It's not that I have gone without food. Mm-mm. Because I can go without food and then I go away and do some rubbish. It's not that um, I've carried all my clothes deposited to the church. That's all good and fine. But God wants you. You know, most mornings, while I'm still on my bed, my one year, ten months old son will enter my room usually and will come and lie beside me and tap me and say, Daddy, wake up. Praise the Lord. If you see how he delights my heart, then I'll open my eyes and wrap my hand, my arms around him. 
Um, well, we share our fellowship. Praise the Lord. What God desires is who? Is you. You know, God's most prized possession is who? Is who? Mankind. I've often wondered in Ephesians chapter 1, why the Bible said that, Paul was saying to the Ephesians that, let your eyes be open that you will understand the inheritance God has in the saints. I wonder what inheritance he has in me. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. So the sacrifice he desires is who? Is you. Praise the Lord. So many times we overlook these things and think it is the things we offer to God that make changes. You know, before I passed my part one, or rather, I had, I had passed the part one, but the person didn't know, and I was relaxing in, uh, in our room. And another doctor entered and looked at me and thought that, well, this guy must be sorrowful, and said to me that for you to pass this exam, go and get a solid seed. Just take it and drop it at your pastor's feet. Let him pray for you. Go for the exam and you will pass. I turned to him and told him that I have passed too. Praise the Lord. I have passed. You know, one of the days a pastor slept in my room. Then it was in 2001. And I looked at him. I went, I had made this, what are they call 1000 and whatever. The big one, you know, fine embroidery. It was made in Medugri, very beautiful. I packed it. I hadn't really worn it. And then I, I collected money I had. It was 4000 And I gave it to him. Take. And he looked at it and said to me, Brother, that what will touch God's heart is for you to go and close your account. Carry the money and lay it at the apostles' feet. I looked at him and said, thank you. You know, we have so trivialized the death of Christ because of our materialism. We think that those things will buy God's favor. I've been in a service and a man of God was talking and said that the wife... Uh, was to have a baby, and the doctor said that it was CS that would be con- conducted. And so he asked the wife, how much is CS? Then it was 50,000, and the woman said 50,000, and the man said, okay, bring the 50,000 later at the altar. I'll pray for you. You're going to have your baby nicely. Is that correct? Praise the Lord. Is that correct? So we now think that you can buy the gift of God with money, or with whatever you do. And you hear now, Peter saying to Simon the sorcerer that let your money and you perish for thinking that you can buy the gift of God with what? With money. We may not understand it, but I think that we should walk through Calvary. We are approaching um, Easter. So let's walk through Calvary. Let's read one of the Messianic Psalms. That's Psalm 22. It will open it a little bit for us to understand what Jesus Christ passed through to make you who you are. You know, when they call Pete, um, uh, David a prophet, when you read this place, you will understand it. David was speaking about Jesus Christ, not himself. That's why they called, they called it a messianic psalm. Um, we read some verses, not all of them. Verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groanings? Let's go over to 11. He said, be not far from me for trouble is near. For there is none to help. 
Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Bashan here is just a city beside Galilee where it's very fertile. So the bulls they have are very huge. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. He now says, I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. Praise the Lord. Let me explain some things. Most times when we look at crucifixion, we think that probably what killed Jesus Christ is that he bled to death. No, he didn't bleed to death. Praise the Lord. What killed him was asphyxiation. Praise the Lord. Where they will get somebody and nail these two together. You can't really stand very well on that thing. You see yourself dangling. It's not like standing like this. And it was slanting, so it was difficult for him to maintain what? Support. And then they put nails just at the wrist. So if he decides to drag himself, the arms will pain him. Praise the Lord. So it's an excruciating, in fact, it was described as the worst kind of death. So for him to breathe, he will need to lift himself up. And so, take him air and down. If he should hang like this, he cannot do that. So you now see, alternately, he will lift himself, do that. But it will be difficult for him to maintain it. And so he says here that, I'm poured out like water. You can imagine the sweat that will be gushing out of his body. I'm poured out like water. And he says that, and all my bones are out of joint because they are all of them paining him. And imagine this is somebody that had carried their cross and walked for what kind of distance? Already fatigued, had fallen several times, and now he's hanging there. See, all my bones are out of joint. He now says, my heart is like wax. Ika abugia. It has melted within me. Fifteen, my strength is dried up like a pot shed. That is the thirst. Like a pot shed. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has encircled me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. When I read this place, I said, can you count all your bones? Can you count all your bones? Do you feel your bones? Praise the Lord. Do you feel them? When he says, I can count all my bones, it was because of the pains everywhere. All the bones were paining him. So he could feel them individually. So he said, I can count all my bones. I can count all my bones. Praise the Lord. They look and stare at me and divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. But 19, 19 has been an inspiration for me. He says, but you, but you, oh Lord, do not be far from me. It, it, it almost paints a picture that <laughs> whatever suffering, whatever pain, whatever thing, says, but you, but you, oh Lord, you are my heart desire. But you, oh Lord, I have suffered all the, so his most, you know, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said to God, if it be possible, let this cup pass before me. It was not because of these pains. It was because of being alienated from God. It was because of the spiritual death, not because of the physical trauma and death. He died physically, he died spiritually. He said, but you, O Lord, be not far from me. And I asked myself, 
Do I say that to God? Do I yearn for your presence so much? And this is somebody that has known God so much. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. And you, for all of us, God is actually saying the same thing. There's this song that I know um, when I was in the university. I think Marilyn Baker. She said, Oh my child, let me see your face. Oh my child, let me hear your voice. For your voice is so sweet unto me and your countenance so lovely that I desire your presence. I desire you and you alone. It is you that I yearn for. God has begotten children and he wants his children. So in this Lenten season, actually the celebration is God desires me. Praise the Lord. There is nothing that we can offer to God that can pay for what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. You can't buy it. There's nothing you can do. That's actually what, what distinguishes grace and the law. Because the law says, that's why God says, your righteousness is like what? A filthy rag before me. Okay, robber. Praise the Lord. It is you. Righteousness. A broken spirit, a contrite heart. Completely you. Nothing kept aside. Praise the Lord. Do you know what he bought for us on the cross of Calvary? Hallelujah. If you go to Isaiah 53, there's one place he said that the chastisement of our peace has been what? Was laid upon him. If you understand, the, 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 the peace is shalom, but it has... The word there has other meanings. Some will just say the chastisement of our peace. But that peace also is what? Welfare. So the chastisement of our welfare was what? Laid on him. The chastisement of our health was what? Laid on him. The chastisement of our prosperity was laid upon him. Praise the Lord. God is asking for you at this period. Not just this period. All through your life. All through my life. That is what God is desiring. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible, if we really will sacrifice ourselves, if we really will give over ourselves, you see Christians sick. You see Christians in want. You see Christians devoid of power. Praise the Lord. So many times you see us, oh, anointing, follow me. For goodness sake, that was the prayers they prayed in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. The anointing has been given to you, but receive it, take it, handle it, use it, praise the Lord. When he says you shall receive power, when the Holy Ghost has fallen upon you, you already have it, praise the Lord. There is a scripture in Ephesians, I think Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, there Paul was praying and said that, let the eyes of our understanding be opened, and he now say that we will understand the exceeding greatness of his power. Some scriptures will say surpassing. In other words, is this thing big? Yes, surpassing. Praise the Lord. Surpassing greatness of his power that is at work. Who? For who? For you. It's already there. It's not something you need to pray again for God to give to you. That Paul is saying not for us to pray for it to come, but what? Understand that it is there. Praise the Lord. Understand that it is there and take hold of it. And the Bible went further and now likened it. See, it is like... The power he 
exalted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So, resurrection power is at work for who? For you. So the same power that Jesus said to Mary and Martha that I am the resurrection and the life standing beside before you is at work for who? For you. For me. Praise the Lord. And he didn't stop there and said the same power that seated him at the right hand of God far above all rule. In other words, onyenache. Authority. Power. Said every name that is named. Not just now, but in time to come. If you read down, he now describes Christ as the head of the church and the church, the fullness of him that fills all things. And he told me that actually it is the church that is seated at the right hand of God. Praise the Lord. So a neighbor said, so after all these things, why are we like this? Sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Give yourself over to God. Give yourself over to God. Yes, if the roof is leaking, church, contribute money to repair it. Hallelujah. But the sacrifice that touches the heart of God is you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So at this Lenten period, as we are giving up things, the paramount thing is me. You. Praise the Lord. Me. You. Smewigosworth will not eat until he has read the Bible. And the man entered his house. That was Lester Sumral. And Smewigosworth told him to sit down. And what did he offer him? Let us pray. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Lester was recounting this. After the prayer, he said, let us read the Bible. They read the Bible, they read the Bible, they read the Bible. And he said, let us pray again. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. He now said, what will you have? Hallelujah. Lester Sumra had entered that house with a newspaper. He said, what is that under your arm? He said, it is the daily. He said, throw it away. It is filled with lies. So he was reading nothing but the Bible. And you can now understand why it was accounted for him to have raised 27 people from the dead. That's me. what? So what is he saying? Are you ready to handle this? It's just like somebody saying, I want to know how to play a piano. Do you own a piano? Are you going for lessons? So, I want to handle this power. Oh, anointing, follow me. Are you paying the price? Are you studying? Are you dwelling with God in the secret place of the Most High? If you are not, then forget it. It doesn't come like that. You must pay the price. Let me tell you, Actually, that is what the devil uses against us. The Bible said that by the time we behold him, we say, is it this imp, this small thing that has held the world at ransom? What is the devil doing? Just deceiving us. Woo around our eyes. Carry so many things that will distract you and pack, and pack us with. And then feel lies in the church sometimes. And then the, the, the message is so watered. Like I said, instead of focusing on Christ, we focus on material things and think you can buy, you can buy the gospel, you can buy spirituality with money or what you have. Praise the Lord. So the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Praise the Lord. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
King of glory, break your word even further in our hearts. Cause us to understand. Grant us deep insight and understanding. Lord, that we will understand that your desire is us. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I give you